Everybody, whether you're the president of a company or the paperboy, everybody has the exact same amount of time. You and I both have 24 hours a day. No more, no less. The question is, what do you do with your time? Real quick, my friends, go get my new book. It's called The Power to Publish. And it's at the top of the page of zbooks.co at the link, my new book. And it's going to help you with all of your self-publishing needs. Okay, back to that podcast. Welcome to Zbooks Successful Authors Podcast. And let's get serious today. Are you tired of all these make money online guru wankers? Well, today I have one of the biggest myth busters in the online world. I have none other than the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, Buck Flogging. Jesus Christ. Let's say hi to Matt Stone. Hi, Matt. How you doing? Yes, Matt Stone. As my parents know me, Buck Flogging is the, uh, the you know, rest of the internet knows me. And I, I'm... Thank you, thank you for that introduction. I thought you were going to – you set it up in a way I thought you were going to call me a giant. <laughs> the way you set it up. But you, you, know, you, you went the other direction. I appreciate that. You want me to do it again? No. no I, all right. All right. All right. Cool. Because uh, I'm always trying to do uh, you know, uh, a good introduction. And uh, you are the myth buster schlechthin. That's German. I'm sorry. I just have to use German once in a while. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I've been following you for a while, but then I, I devoured your Quitten Six books and they really resonated with me. I think, uh, I think they're probably the best start is your Quit in Six books. Is that, uh, is that uh, a good place to start? Yeah. You know, things change so fast and I'm always kind of, you know, regularly updating my beliefs and always, you know, piddling around with a million different ideas and projects online that, I feel like my work gets outdated a little bit quickly, but I still think the foundation of that is pretty strong and it's a good, you know, those three books are a good read and totally free. So, yeah. Right on. Um, where are you right now? I'm currently in Arizona. I've been out on a long camping trip and I've been traveling around the country. Uh, I've spent 107 nights in a tent and, wow. uh, planning on going up the West Coast and then to Canada and all that stuff over the next, uh, you know, eight months or something like that. So living the, the true digital nomad lifestyle here, for but sure. there's no internet in the tent. Sometimes there is internet in the tent. Satellite a, or what? No, no. I, I tried the satellite thing. It's, it's outrageously slow and outrageously expensive. Hmm. But there's Wi-Fi in, in a lot of places. And... Uh, you know, when there's not, it's usually a short drive away. And I, I don't really work all that much. I think a lot of people out there who are doing internet business or out there trying to hashtag hustle, mm -hmm. I don't really do that. I, I tried that and I made myself very sick from working too much and trying to launch three websites at the same time. And mm. it's, you know, insanity. And now I have things pretty well managed now and I have a great team that helps me out. And, you know, my workload is about two hours a day. So, um, you know, nice. that's no big deal. 
You so give us, give us a picture of your tent. Is it one of those big army tents like in MASH and you're working out of this tent two hours a day? <laughs> well, I've yet to take the laptop into the tent. It's usually, uh, you know, public library or, you know, working in the, the car a little bit. But, um, yeah, the tent is, uh, you know, it's a nice roomy tent that's usually housing me and my girlfriend and her daughter. Cool. Um, uh, yeah, we're just having a big old time. It's really a lot of fun, and uh, that's kind of why I did this whole internet mm-hmm. thing. Uh, you know, I, I just am a slacker, and I've always <laughs> been kind of – I'm not a slacker. I can get really driven about things, but what really motivated me to, uh, to pursue this lifestyle was, you know, I kept working, you know, really hard for six months, saving up money so that I could take six months off so that I could come back and work really hard for six months. so I could take six months off. And I did that throughout my twenties. And, uh, then I, you know, I got to be a 30 year old man and was like, Hey, now let's, let's see if I can do a little better than this. Let's see if I can figure out how to go traveling around and camping and hiking and, you know, getting on airplanes and going, you know, backpacking in that sense. And okay, uh, let's, let's roll it on back a little bit. Sorry for interrupting for the, for the beginners out there. So you've got such a huge product palette. I, I'm, I'm, you've got Quitten Six, you've got Buck Books, a really awesome website that helps people launch and promote their books. I've used it. It's, it's pumped up my book, several books to number one before. Thank you very much, Matt. You've got book ads You've got 100 covers. So can you kind of, kind of go over the history of your platforms now? Because I'm sure I messed it up. Well, it, it really goes back a long way. So I started out uh, actually building a following in health and fitness. So I became one of those guru douchebags. And uh, <laughs> you know, I managed to launch uh, several books very successfully. I mean, I really tore up Kindle when I launched my first books over there. And um, you know, I did really well. And the business was thriving, but I was really getting burnt out on the business and, and burnt out on the, on the subject matter. And Which I one was to, that? Uh, it's 180 degree health. And um, you know, I, was, I was really successful doing that. But in 2013, mm-hmm. I decided to try to help other people have the same kind of success that I had had, uh, specifically in publishing. And, and so I started getting involved with that. And by May of 2014, I'd launched Buck Books. Mm-hmm. And Buck Books is all about creating a nice platform for people who didn't already have an audience to promote their books uh, mm-hmm. when they launch. And that's still, you know, alive and well today, which is cool. And that's led to you know, a lot of other things as well. So you mentioned Quitting Six. You know, I'm helping people with internet business there, kind of doing, uh, you know, we build, it to build internet businesses together, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, and then, uh, you know, I've got book ads, which helps do book marketing for authors using AMS ads and BookBub ads. And then we have 100 covers, which is like my pride and joy, uh, making book covers for authors at a much lower price than what you're typically, typically going to pay for the, the type of work, the quality of the work that we're doing. So yeah, uh, tell us about that. I'm looking at your website right now. It's looking pretty bitchin' and it's like, uh, yeah, it's the perfect, uh, what do you call it? It's the one, two, three punch, right? You got, uh, the quit and six, you got the, 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 uh, the buck books and you got book ads. So then this is like the, the full circle or, or whatever. It complements it really well. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just really love book covers and uh, my girlfriend started the site and she did a great job, but she got to a point where she was a little tired of doing it. 
and we thought about shutting it down or hiring some designers and seeing if we could turn it into a real business. And we chose the latter. And in the last year, since we hired our first designer, mm-hmm. the quality of the covers have just taken on completely new heights. I really think the quality of the work we're doing is what people are commonly paying four to $600 for. Mm-hmm. And we're charging $100. That's what the 100 covers name is all about. So mm-hmm. that's, cool. I feel really confident about that. And it feels really good to provide such great quality at a lower price to the self-publishing community. You know, if you followed my stuff, that's what I'm all about. Mm-hmm. That's what Brock Books was all about, bringing cheap books to readers while also giving authors an opportunity to, to promote their work and uh, just keeping that same kind of vibe going with 100 covers. Yeah, I'm looking at the website right now, and uh, you, yeah, I uh, support that view. They're really, really, really nice covers. And what I have a problem with when I'm teaching people uh, in the romance niche you got to have that torso. you got to have that skin, that naked cover. And you got some covers here with people and models on them. Really, really, yeah, top-level covers here. And, uh, yeah, we pretty much any genre. And, uh, you know, it's the guys that I've hired mm-hmm. have become phenomenal designers and uh, in a short period of time. And I think that's really the secret sauce that, that I possess is – trying to figure out how to motivate them and guide them to do their best work and really enjoy their jobs. And they're all thriving and telling me it's their dream job. And we're just having a lot of fun. That's why I say it's my pride and joy. Nice. Nice. So when I see this, I say that's more than a hundred dollars. Those covers cost more than a hundred bucks. So is it going to stay that way? It is. That's what a hundred covers is all about. Um, you know, keeping the prices low forever and, and our margins are getting better and better as our, as my designers get more efficient. So, mm-hmm. uh, there's no, no signs that the prices are ever gonna to jump up from there. And, uh, yeah, just, just loving it. So I, one of our biggest competitors just raised their prices on an ebook cover to $595. Yep. So we're, I'm just feeling, I'm feeling so good about where we're positioned and what we <laughs> Okay, maybe an insider question. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. <laughs> no, I just cut you off. You go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I'm good now. I'm good. Okay. I got it. If you care to tell, where are you getting the skin from, the torsos, the models? Uh, we get everything from Shutterstock. So we have an unlimited subscription there, and we're able to go through and piece, you know, whatever mm-hmm. we need to piece together almost mm-hmm. all the time. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's tough when you're doing just, you know, photo manipulation. We don't do much illustration. The guys are capable of doing a little bit here and there, but that's not really what we do. Yeah. You know, that's, that gets way more expensive. Um, but oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're able to track down the images that they need, and sometimes we have trouble getting the model on the front looking like the, how the character is described in the book, but we eventually get it. Yeah. You know, the revisions and all that stuff, and uh, – Things licensed and, and good to go for the author to go out there and use. Yeah, okay. So it's uh, 100 covers, the number 100, and then C-O-V-E-R-S dot com. And it, it's looking great. I have to tell you, how old is the site? The site goes back a few years, but okay. we really revamped it when we started bringing on other designers uh, in February of 2018. So Right on. Awesome. Yeah. I want to get into some of your cool stories from Quitten Six. Tell me about this Martini seminar. He was, yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. 
that was a huge turnaround in my life, and I, I love to giggle about it because you know D Martini's kind of a cheesy guy, but and I was a, I was a really cheesy guy uh, when I encountered him. But I watched that movie, The Secret, and uh, you know I was just kind of out of my mind at that time in my life. You know, just trying to be really spiritual and living in Maui and. You know, I was just trying to be happy every day, and uh, yeah, I wasn't feeling fulfilled. And so I went to D. Martini thinking he was going to teach me the secrets of how to, you know, meditate my way to wealth or something. And, and live uh, in rocks, like in Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he was actually quite the opposite. And I left just having my whole world kind of rocked. And it wasn't taught me anything I didn't know. He just kind of reminded me of what I already knew and what everybody knows, which is, you know, the key to being successful and the key to being happy is, is actually going out and doing stuff and accomplishing things and focusing on things with relentless, you know, obsession and focus. And, um, and so I, I just left there a changed man and, and became, you know, this hyper productive person on a mission and it really changed my life. And, I was like literally working as a cashier at a health food store cool. when I uh, when I encountered Demartini and and now I'm you know the king of the internet. So hey, look so, at me. Now you're buck flogging, man. <laughs> so let me ask you. Now we're going off on a tangent, but I got to know. Uh, I forgot to put it in our questions. How do you stay focused and how do you motivate yourself when you're in the dip or whatever they call it? Well. Um, it's kind of funny. I didn't really have much of a dip when I was really going full throttle. So mm -hmm. I, I, I just was motivated, hyper motivated, hyper productive for a long time. That's kind of how D Martini is, and mm -hmm. and so I kind of tapped into his his hyper productive genius, I guess you could call it, and really emulated that. And um, it's kind of funny. Yeah, I. Uh, like I, I like I've said, you know, I I worked really hard, and I was like a man possessed coming out of that Demartini uh, mm -hmm. seminar. So I was just like absolutely hyper productive and and focused on you know doing something fulfilling and and getting out there and getting it done and and being somebody instead of sitting around trying to be happy doing nothing. Yeah, and I actually got so. I, I never had problems with motivation. I never had a dip. I just stayed relentlessly focused and hyper-focused on what I wanted to do. And I actually took it to a point where I got very sick from working too much. I mean, I was literally working 14 hours a day in front of a computer screen. And I know it's a real shocker, but that actually turns out to not be very healthy. <laughs> and my health fell apart. And it's it's been interesting in that I've had to learn how to you know, start delegating things, start being a team leader, stop trying to do everything myself, manage my workload. And like I said, I'm working a couple hours now and trying to be the best leader that I can be and, and getting my team to be, you know, basically as happy as they can be and, and very productive. And, and I never really had, I never really suffered from motivation and dips in motivation. I, yeah. I think, um, I suffered from the opposite problem, which was being Interesting. too obsessed. And uh, learning how to be a normal human being again, which is okay. a good thing. So, and this was all from the first, your first wave doing the health stuff. Um, well, actually, um, 
I did the health stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, in May of 2014 is when I tried to launch Buck Books and also was working really hard to launch Archangel Inc. with my partner, Rob, who was my assistant in 180 Degree Health. And I was helping him launch his own business. Mm-hmm. And then I also was launching a new venture called 180 Radio, which was a podcasting platform. And I tried to launch all three of those at the same time. It was just psychotic. And that's when, <laughs> that's when I finally hit the wall and realized that I am a human after all <laughs> and realized the error and the folly of my ways. And, you know, it's, yep. you know, being obsessed is, uh, it can be useful, but it can also do you in. And I've had to find balance and it's, it's been great. I'm really glad that I went through that hard process because yeah. it's forced me how to make money without working too much. And that's a great, that's a great thing to, to know how to do. Okay, so that's a perfect segue to let's bust some myths now. So uh, it used to be you put up a blog and you run some Facebook ads and you're rich, you know? <laughs> so what, what's your take on that? Well, I, I created the moniker Buck Flogging because I blogged really hard for about five years before I ever had any meaningful success. Mm-hmm. And then I realized how inefficient that was trying to or grow an organic following yeah. from putting out content. It just takes too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of have to become an, a mini internet celebrity before you're paying the bills. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very, very low probability pathway to trying to find success with any kind of internet venture. Yeah. And so I recommend having real products and services and going and trying to sell those real products and services. And, And, uh, you know, you can mm-hmm. make a lot more money a lot faster on a lot less traffic, which mm-hmm. is a beautiful thing. Um, I've never used Facebook ads for anything. I've tried a mm-hmm. couple times and lost money even faster than if I were to try oh, yeah. to play lots or something. <laughs> uh, you know, m- your money's much better spent, you know, betting on basketball games or something than running Facebook. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go ahead. But yeah, but I I haven't used that either, and I've I've relied solely on building partnerships with people who've already built an audience to do all of my marketing. So mm-hmm. I think efficiency, you know, ended up mattering to me a lot because I really wanted to help people be successful, and then I also didn't want them to have to work themselves into oblivion like I did. Yeah. So efficiency's become a main focus of mine, and and those mm-hmm. are two big ones having a real product or service to offer and, you know, using other people who did all the hard work, yep. you know, tapping their audiences and their hard work instead of trying to do it yourself. Those, those two things have built all my successes. Right. So, uh, when I, go sorry, ahead. Except, except for the first one, except for oh. the first one, I did that all organically and it took me, it took me a half decade. Yeah. To get, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't take that. I don't have a half decade anymore to be building a business from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I took your quit in six course and really cool. And, um, and there you said your favorite way to build an audience is with live events or your number one way. Has anything changed since then? Is that still your number one way to build an audience? Oh yeah. It's, it's crazy that you say that because right before this, I literally was on the phone for over an hour talking to somebody about an event that we're planning on doing. Ah, So, and then I've got an event launching here in just a few days. So that's still the best way to get a lot of people together to promote something. Okay. So what live events are we talking about? Giveaways or cross promotion or seminars or what do you call it? Summits? 
Yeah, those are all different ways of doing it. I think the most common that people are familiar with is this, the summit mm-hmm. where you interview a bunch of people and then you get all those people you interviewed who have audiences to drive traffic over to listen to their free talk. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, somebody, you know, on the back end is, you know, selling recordings of all the talks so that you don't have to listen to them live mm-hmm. for maybe $147 or something like that. And then, um, you know, that's what enables uh, those people. That's what gets them to promote the event and gets them to participate in the event is they get a share mm-hmm. of the sale to those audio recordings. So um, mm-hmm. that's just one version. Mm-hmm. I don't like those. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't do, I'm not a big interviewer or anything like that. So I put together these big product bundles that may be a, a bundle of books mm-hmm. that people get for free. And then, yeah. Say there's 50 authors of those 50 books, right. they all send traffic over to the event. And then, you know, I sell something on the back end or I pay the people for driving those leads over. Um, you know, some kind of affiliate commission is always yep. needed for people to promote. Once you have a real business and a real following, you don't send traffic anywhere for free, especially mm-hmm. not that really, really high, best quality traffic, mm-hmm. which is, you know, coming off of somebody's email list. And they're a loyal follower of that person who believes their recommendations and actually opens and reads their emails. That's the best traffic you can get. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's, you know, very valuable and you know, you got to pay for it. So you either have to sell something well and give a commission for the sales of that, or you have to just pay for those leads and then try to make that back up later by selling affiliate products and, and your own product and services. I can attest to that one time, uh, an influencer, uh, one of my great uh, uh, cyber friends, uh, he put just a link to one of my products in the PS section of his newsletter, and I sold a bunch of products. You know, the easiest money I ever made, man. And uh, you're borrowing somebody's list and getting those really good qualified leads or people, subscribers, and yeah, it works. So, um, oh, God. it's it's so much better. I can't possibly preach the gospel of that any higher. Mm-hmm. When someone gives a recommendation to their trusted, loyal followers, yeah, they're just going to buy at a much higher rate. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the story there, and I still rely on it today. I have a somebody's promoting one of my sites right now. I've brought in you know four or five hundred dollars today uh, while I was watching Netflix and talking to somebody on the phone. So isn't that awesome? <laughs> It is awesome, and it and it's so much easier than what I was doing for pennies before. Yeah. <laughs> so you never tried paid advertising. I mean, I did, but you know, once you've lost a few hundred dollars, it's kind of like, well, I guess yeah. the paid advertising. The only thing that I've done in terms of paid advertising is promote books using AMS ads, which is yeah. uh, I, I love AMS ads. Yeah, so much that we even created book ads, which is a yeah. done for you AMS ad service. So um, mm-hmm. I found that I actually made my money back. Yep, and then um, and it was unlike any other platform. I think that's what happens when you're promoting books to people who are shopping for books on the <laughs> site shopping for books on. Exactly, exactly. I just recently interviewed your buddy Brian Burney, and he's a real master at it. But um, I don't yeah, yeah. yeah. So is this summit anything you want to talk about or, or uh, is it too far in the future right now or you'll just send a link later? Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. it's too far in the future, but okay. I think we've got some events and some things in the works and yeah. 
Right on. So, uh, yeah, okay. Book, uh, book ads, and then, and then, well, wait a minute. I think I'm jumping around here. So you, you, you did buck books, and then came book ads, right? Book ads was much later, yes. Several years later, when AMS ads were um, coming out, they didn't come out until after buck books already existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried it with, some, with one of my books, and mm-hmm. actually several of my books, and had good results. And I thought, man, hmm. how cool would it be to actually offer this as a, as a paid service yeah. to the author community? And that's what we started doing. And I, yeah. I partnered with Brian, yep. and Brian's an absolute genius, and he's become the real true expert in AMS ads. I mean, he's really knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's a cool service. Unfortunately... AMS ads have become a lot more competitive. Oh, yeah. Um, we've experienced that really only the books that are already selling well, are mm-hmm. those are the only books that we can help to sell. Yeah. Um, if your book is just not selling, it doesn't have many reviews, it's just never sold, you know, you're just, you're going to need a miracle to, to sell that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brian, Brian, you know, he worked for the Vatican and everything, but he's not a miracle worker. So you got to, yeah, you got to screen them. You can't just, you know, you can't make any, well, okay. So that, that was one of my favorite myths that I'm also a myth buster of is, you know, people think that they can just write a book and then, and then they try to do the marketing and try to sell it. And it's totally backwards, you know? So what, what are some of the more common myths that that you busted uh, besides the first one we were talking about? (laughs) Well, um, I think it's not so much of a myth, um, but I'm, I'm just, after seeing what, what has happened at book ads and seeing the clients who are making like $500 a day with our ads versus ones who sold like two books a month, mm-hmm. we're not doing anything different for the clients making $500 a day versus the ones hmm. who are selling a book a week. Yeah. The only difference is the book itself. And the main differences in those books is the book is more professionalized in every way. So obviously the book description and the cover and all that stuff is better. But what matters the most is the launch itself. Hmm. So we become really hyper fixated on book launches. And what most people are doing is they're writing the book and then they publish it and then start to market it. And like yep. you said, the marketing of a book and the launch of a book, if I had only six months to launch a book after finishing writing it, I would feel rushed. I mean, yeah, you've really got to get other people involved with, with the launch and the promotion of your book. That's mandatory. You only get to launch once. And if you don't launch well, you don't get, you know, enough reviews. You don't get enough early sales. You're just never going to get sales on that book. So I think it's really important to put just a crazy monumental desperate effort into launching your book and getting people with, with, uh, you know, good solid email list involved with promoting your book when it launches, getting as many reviews as you can. I really think it may sound crazy to, to people. It may sound impossible, but I, I think you should get over a hundred reviews in, in the first month. Mm-hmm. And um, it takes quite a plan to pull that off. I so mean, do it really you, does. Do you do the thing where you, uh, you get beta readers before and you, you start uh, building up before you're finished with the book, right? You're still writing the book and you're already building up your audience and your street team or beta readers and all that. Do you, do you have one of those strategies? 
Yeah, I, I haven't done a whole lot with beta readers. I think the readers matter, but I've done a lot with advanced review copies going out. Ah, yeah. To people, and ex- you know, you get a review left by them in exchange for giving them a free copy of the book. So, mm-hmm. I've done that on my own. I've done that with uh, with a big publisher. The big publisher was really into uh, into getting a bunch of advanced review copies out, and we they spent thousands of dollars to send out hundreds of review copies. Hmm. The people all over the all over the United States and and a few PDFs to people outside the United States. Did I hear you correctly? You did a traditional publishing deal. Yeah, I've actually done two. Um, How I did dare one, one, you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was even with all those reviews, it was a big catastrophe because they didn't have any way to get early sales, hmm. which is preposterous. Because I thought traditional publishing company they must they must fully understand the power of getting those early sales and have a great plan for achieving it. Yeah. And we use my loyal audience hmm. to get all the reviews and then they didn't have any mustard to put on the sandwich that I put together. So what made you turn to the devil? <laughs> well, a friend of mine, a friend of mine got the publishing deal because and and he said, "Will you be a co-author?" So yeah. I'll blame it all on him. It's all his fault. <laughs> he he himself out to those dirty publishing companies. Yeah, and I was just, you know, I was just taken advantage of here, Eric. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Uh, you I know, I've never. heard. Go ahead. Sorry. I just said I would never. I would never traditionally publish again. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've, I've interviewed other people too, and there's all sorts of tips out there. So for example, if you're going to, I mean, so the number one question is why would you give your book to somebody for 10% of the cut when you can get 70% self-publishing, but they have to promise you then uh, a minimum amount of sales per month and it has to be in the contract. And if they don't meet that, they give you the ISBN and the copyright back and you say, hasta la vista, you suck, you know? And I guess your buddy didn't have that, huh? Yeah, we just we didn't have, you know, what we what we needed to do it. But I I think you know the question obviously everybody asks is most people say, well, I don't know anything about marketing and I'm not good at marketing and nobody knows me and I I just don't even know where to begin to sell this book. So I would love for somebody to do that for me and I can tell you right now, traditionally published or not, that is a fantasy, man. There is nobody (laughs) out there that can sell your book except for you. Occasionally, yeah. traditionally published book will start selling, yeah. and then maybe one out of a hundred books in their catalog. And you know what they do with those other ninety-nine books in the catalog? They forget they even publish those, and they focus on the one that's selling. And they try to, you know, light up the New York Times bestseller list with that book and make their millions off of that one book selling. Yeah, and that's how it all is. You know, and everything that you do, every the cream is always going to rise to the top. And, and publishing companies and, you know, you know, anybody and everybody, they're always going to be trying to sell out. They're going to be trying to sell the book that's selling, not the one that's not selling. Yep. That kind of fits in with my next question. What's something that you have failed at? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all, Eric. Well, I, don't that, even know what, yeah. I don't even know. I'd like to try it sometimes so that I could kind of, you know, see what it's like. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I failed. I failed at a lot of things. You know, I just because I was successful with my first business doesn't even mean that was successful. I mean, I failed for five years before I finally was able to pay my bills. Yeah. 
with what I was doing. I, I consider that to be a huge failure mm-hmm. because it took so long and I was so dumb and, and, you know, so slow to finally figure it out. Yeah. You know, I'm not yeah. <laughs> a slow learner, I guess. I've had other things, um, you know, where I, I brought uh, a big team on. We were making great money. The mm-hmm. money was flowing and, and I hired people and I hired too many people and I gave them all big raises. And the next thing I knew, the money stopped coming in and it was a huge failure and I lost all the money, racked up 50000 in debt and, let, and had to let the whole team go. It was absolutely devastating. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I make plenty of mistakes and, and yeah, that's an important part of your learning process, but um, you certainly don't have to be yeah. as just blatantly moronic as, as I have been in the mistakes that I've made. Well, that's what um, I like about your Quitting Six course. You give a very, uh, uh, like, a, what do you call it? A very clear criteria, which is EPS, and the goal should be five bucks a month per subscriber. So earnings per subscriber, EPS. Is that still one of your main criteria? Well, that's when we're talking about email subscribers. And I used to be, I used to have this, you know, fixation on email subscribers as if that was the only thing in the universe that matters. Yeah. And I do believe that email subscribers are very valuable. Like I said, I was just on the phone talking mm-hmm. about building an event to get a bunch of subscribers with somebody. Right. Well, uh, I would say that I've, I've changed that a little bit. And I would say it's more about the amount of revenue that you get per visitor to your site. Mm-hmm. So, for example, with 100 covers, we don't get email subscribers. We just have a sales page, book ads. We don't have email subscribers. Yeah. Um, we're just trying to sell something right there, uh, either take it or leave it. And with 100 covers, you know, we probably make eight or nine dollars per visitor to that site mm-hmm. in revenue. Is that EPC? So, uh, yeah, that you could call that earnings per click. Yeah, EPC. Okay. Um, and I think that really matters if you're you know, in everything that you do, because if you're going to get affiliates, if you're going to get people to promote your work, mm-hmm. they're going to want to see earnings per click yep. of a dollar. And if you're giving them, let's say 50% commission and keeping the other half yourself, that means you need to be earning at least $2 a click. Yep. So that's what, you know, that's what we like to see. You know, we like to, you know, really focus on getting those earnings per click as high as you can, because once you've gotten that high, you don't, you don't need that much traffic to be successful. I mean, if 100 coverage is making $8 a click, yeah. you know, we, we only need 12 clicks a day to make 100 bucks a day, you know? Yeah. So, um, hmm. you know, it's just a lot easier to be successful with high earnings per click. My first business was doing about 15 to 20 cents per click, and I, need, I needed like thousands of visitors a day to even have a chance at making a full-time living. And now you do offer yeah. just a few dozen. That's some, those are some good golden nuggets there. So full disclosure, my EPC and EPS sucks. So um, not knowing anything about my site, but do you have any, uh, my conversions ratio sucks. So any tips you got, generic tips or what do you, uh, what, what's your process? You know, um, uh, you 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 go for the traffic and then you 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 tweak and a b test until your conversions go up or or what do you do well i think there's a lot of ways that that people go about trying to do it and i don't have any specific tips or tactics 
mm-hmm. that I can say, oh, this is, this is the secret. What I can offer is some inspiration for putting a lot of effort into figuring that out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've had stuff where we were doing like $4 per click or $3 per click and feeling kind of lukewarm about the results. And then I changed. Earnings, one- earnings yeah. $4 per click earnings. Yeah, three yeah. three or four dollars earnings per click, and then, yeah. and then we did. Um, I changed one paragraph, mm-hmm. or I changed the price, or just the most minute of changes, and then suddenly it was twelve. Hmm. Hmm. So, the smallest changes can make a huge difference. I yeah. think what most people are, I think the biggest failure that I see is people their product or service their offer. Mm-hmm. It's just not very clearly stated and it's not very good and it's not precise enough in terms of what it's going to do for that person. And then it's not priced properly. Hmm. I see people pricing stuff too high. I see people pricing stuff too low and you know, the higher the price, the more grandiose of an effort you have to put in to try to sell that. I mean, it really takes a lot of finesse to sell something for a thousand dollars to a new oh, yeah. visitor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're not willing to put that in, you know, you got to sell something at a lower price and it's better to yeah. sell something at a lower price. I have higher EPCs at lower price points than I do at higher ones. I'm not very good hmm. at selling high priced items. I admit it. I've, I've never been very good at that, but I can you, sell lower price stuff yeah. all day long. I'm really good at that. So that's, that's kind of my specialty and I would just play around with those factors. And I think at the end of the day, what matters most is that, you know, your, your product or service that you're offering is very clear about who it's for and what it is mm-hmm. and it's priced right. And if you can get that right, you know, your earnings per click should be better. But I think a lot of people, you know, they just don't, if any one of those things is off, your earnings per click can be damn close to zero. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another internet myth, actually. They say it's just as easy to sell a $1,000 product as a $100 product. And okay, the mechanics, the sequence may be the same, but I don't think it's true. You go, you know, there's this thing called resistance. You go below $100 products and the resistance is much less, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the numbers um, of selling a high price product are more enticing you know, if you can convince 2% of people that your $1,000 product is great, then you're going to make $20 a click. Yeah. Right? And if you're selling a $20 product, well, shit, man, you got you to gotta sell, you got a 100% conversion rate to sell yeah, uh, that. So that's, um, that's, I think, where people get, you know, really hooked on the numbers and, um, and, and get really fired up about doing something that's really expensive. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I just haven't had a whole lot of results because I, I really honestly feel like the preparation that needs to go into psychologically preparing a new lead and yeah. take them from just finding out about you to spending a thousand or more dollars. Yep. Um, that's, that's a long involved process that takes a lot of finesse. Mm-hmm. And I don't have that. I'm better at, <laughs> saying, hey, man, everybody's charging a thousand bucks. Yeah, I'm going to give it away for a hundred, or you can even choose your own price. You know, I get people going crazy to buy stuff. Yeah, 
um, with that kind of thing. And so people, have, people love yeah. me for it, you know? So I have one technical question. If you don't use paid advertising, how are you testing your landing pages? Are you using, you know, the, the, your buddies' lists and their qualified leads to test your landing pages and tweak for conversion? Or how are you doing that? I'm, I'm lucky in that I already have an email list and I already have people. And anytime I start a new venture, mm -hmm. I'm able to get traffic over there myself. Ah, I have, okay. I mean, I literally have, you know, like 15 different email lists. Yeah. And I can, I can send, you know, traffic from one email list over, see mm -hmm. how it converts, change something, go to email list two, send that over, change something. Ah, yeah, yeah, okay. Things pretty quickly that way. So I'm, I'm, I have the luxury of that. I think for somebody just starting out who has no traffic whatsoever, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a tougher thing to pull off. Yeah. But I've had things be hugely successful without doing any refining. And I think over time I'm getting better and better at it, not needing a whole lot of testing because I know if something is, I, I'm, I'm getting better at being able to predict whether something is going to work or not. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. I think working with somebody with experience is probably smart in that regard. Um, and then I think uh, if you can get somebody who already has an audience to send some, some warm traffic over, yeah, then you can do a, a true test. If you're just sending f Facebook traffic over or something like that, mm -hmm. you're almost always going to get zero conversions and think <laughs> that your offer sucks and that you're, your website sucks and that you suck and that you should probably, <laughs> yeah. probably just go get a job. Well, I can but attest to that. Like I said, I, you know, I've, I've tried Facebook ads too. And then I got, you know, a, a colleague to put my uh, product in his PS of his newsletter and boom sales, you know? So you yeah, it, you know? exactly. Don't let that discourage you because you know, you, if you, sell stuff if you can get quality traffic from people who have already built that loyalty and that following. So, yeah, you know, so, don't let that discourage you. Don't let Facebook traffic and your inability to sell something successfully to just completely cold leads that you bought off of Facebook who yeah. I think half of them probably aren't even real people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're they bots. Like normal people. Yeah. When they come over to your email list, Russian bots, <laughs> There's some bots in there, and I'm not even. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm calling you out, Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah. I, oh boy, that's another tangent we could go off for a long time. But okay, well, let's get back to books. Do you have any more books planned for yourself? You know, I haven't written a book in quite a while, and um, you know, there was a time when I was pretty down on books. You know, I was mm -hmm. kind of sick of having these lukewarm launches, not selling them very well. Mm -hmm. Reviews were kind of okay, and just like, man, I don't know. I should probably stick to building events and selling affiliate products and courses and coaching and all the other things. Cause there's more money there. It's easier to succeed. The probability of success is much higher. Well, I remember I, when you, Oh, go ahead, go ahead. But I, I do. I do. I'm actually planning on writing some books. So wow. I've got a book about uh, launching books coming out and uh, I've written the intro so far. And Brian is going to participate in that with me. Nice. And, um, let me know. Let me know. I want to participate. I'll help you out. Yeah, I'm going to try to get help, the right? The man with 20 lists of like 100,000 people, right? <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I can't do it all by myself. I can, you know, probably get some sales, but I need, I need consistent sales coming in over a period of time. So, 
yeah. I'm going to try to recruit as many people as I can for that launch and yeah. prove that, you know, doing what I say to do in the book works, you know? So it's, that's kind of a high risk uh, book to publish. You know, if you publish a book about book launching and it's, oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. you look, like a, you look like a mega douche. So I've got to be <laughs> it's embarrassing. Yeah. I got to do, be really careful and make sure I do everything right. But I, I think that one's going to go well. And I'm going to put, I'm going to try to orchestrate a proper launch and really put more effort into it than I ever have. And, and hopefully enlighten some people on how to have more success self-publishing in the process. So Nice. I, I, I have a book, you know, that I haven't published on Amazon yet just for that exact reason. I've got it on draft digital and some of the wussy channels like Google play and, uh, uh, and I'm tweaking it and tweaking it. So, because it's, it's, kind of similar to what you were talking about a book about books and, and book publishing. And so I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to put it on Amazon because it'll be embarrassing if it doesn't fit, you know, but, um, so, uh, yeah, I remember when you were doing your quit in six course, you were really into publishing free books and I'm really into publishing free books too. And I've noticed that the free, when you, when you make a permanently free book, uh, you, it, this is still working. It's still working really good, actually. And you can get, you know, you get your verticals. You get a, a pretty good funnel going with the free book. And then you can even use uh, uh, Amazon ads and stuff. And uh, I remember, I think you used uh, that uh, kind of to, to launch your Quit and Six course back then, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I used those. I had affiliates promote. They sent me email subscribers to sign up to get the free book when it launched. And then I sent an email to go get that free book. And then mm -hmm. they came back and, you know, some people bought the course. It worked really well. I still, I still like the free book launches. I think they work really well. I think mm -hmm. paid book launches can work really well too. I know somebody who I won't mention by name, but <laughs> he's had a lot of success with the book he published four months ago. And then those four months he's, he's brought in 60,000 in royalties. Nice. But He's brought in $240,000 of sales on the back end nice. because of the book itself. So, um, that's Did he do just, a 99 cent launch? Uh, yeah, he, uh, the, the file was really big. And so Amazon would only allow him to drop it to $1.99. But, but yes, oh. he, did, he did as low as I can go launch. Huh. <laughs> okay, that's cool. That's cool. Excellent, excellent. So... I respect your time, but I, I, I got some questions left. I think we can make it in the next couple minutes. What is on the horizon for you? What are you experimenting on right now? Well, I, like I said, I, I think of all the things that I've done, I've just really developed a strong affinity for 100 covers. Really enjoying nice. it a lot. Mm -hmm. And so my main focus these days is working on 100 covers yep. and then helping build uh, helping people build businesses similar to 100 covers. So I do that through Quit and Six. Mm -hmm. And I would say those two are my focus. I, I'm, I've become really passionate about hiring people, um, mm -hmm. you know, what I call hiring and inspiring and, and turning uh, average workers into exceptional ones and cool. creating an amazing work environment for them. I've become really passionate about it. It's paid huge dividends for me at 100 covers. And I've just become a believer, and I think the reason I'm so excited to help people build businesses like that is because you don't need to be the guru. You don't need to be talented. You don't need to be this good-looking, charismatic, well-spoken person that shows up on videos. 
<laughs> you know, you don't need to be any of those things. Yeah. You don't even put your name on the website. You just need to be able to lead a group of people to doing their best work mm-hmm. and deliver that to the client and make them happy. And that's, it's very simple and I'm really enjoying it a lot. That's awesome that, um, because you, you have, um, what is that? The quote, you know, every millionaire has seven streams of income. And uh, so you got, looks like you got three powerful ones going. And uh, how do you balance your time between those three platforms? Oh, well, I would say um, I don't have a real methodology of balancing my time between those two platforms, but it's a pretty even 50-50 split. And I, uh, you know, it's just kind of cool because I'm, I'm kind of helping somebody do the same thing that I just did over on 100 covers to help that be more successful. So uh, that's cool. it. That's what I'm working on these days, and that's my focus for the foreseeable future here. Nice, nice. Uh, what is the one thing you wish you would have done sooner? Um, <laughs> hire people in the Philippines. Ah, okay. I mean, it sounds dumb, but, you know, I was, I was hiring, you know, Europeans and Australians and Kiwis and, and Canadians and Americans to do all my work and paying them all 4,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was fine. But, you know, my average worker gets closer to $400 a month, meaning I get 10 workers for the price of one. And the (laughs) difference in the quality of those workers, honestly, is is fairly indistinguishable. Wow. I mean, you know, these aren't like, you know, subhumans living in the Philippines. These are human (laughs) beings. They're smart and talented and, and charismatic, and they have... drive to succeed and they're just they're every bit as good as hiring you know expensive Mm -hmm. labor your own country or whatever so i mean i i think it's opening up whole new worlds for me and i love it and i love creating opportunities for people who you know can't just go get a job making thousands of dollars a month down at mcdonald's or whatever these it's it's fun to be able to create jobs for people in uh, places like the philippines that's pretty cool, yeah. Um, it's going to be the next shift, right? The online world. Uh, I, I was, I think, I interviewed Lise Cartwright, and she had some killer numbers, like you know, the number of people going online in in what do you call it, location independent jobs. Is it's going to be like forty percent in the next ten years? Everybody's, it's it's all moving online. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm. I kind of was ahead of that curve and. Yeah, well positioned to take advantage of that, and um, yeah, it's it's cool. It's a great way to be and a great lifestyle, and I wish it for everybody. That's why I spend so much time trying to help yeah. people be successful too. The moment I became successful, I just I just wanted to help other people to do it too. Instant. So yeah, I have to I have to get back to that tent. Why a tent uh, for for a hundred days? <laughs> 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 well, I, I was a former wilderness ranger, so I, I oh, hiked right. around and, and spent a lot of nights in the tent. And I, I just grew to, really, I grew to really love it. Yeah. I spent so much time just living in a comfortable place, spending way too much time watching Netflix and YouTube, just like everybody else. And <laughs> I wanted it to be a little more rugged. I wanted to be spending out, you know, the time in the outdoors mm-hmm. and breathing clean air and not sitting around staring at a device, you know, mm-hmm. after dark. And 
you know, I wanted to be outside, not inside. I knew if I had a comfortable RV, I wouldn't be outside. So, yeah. Um, Did you yeah, wear a smoky bear hat? I, hey man, <laughs> I've actually dressed up as Smokey. <laughs> Hey. around and and you know awesome i'm from california i love sequoia and the redwoods and yellowstone okay yellowstone's not not redwoods but uh, you know i'm not i'm not putting you down with that uh, smoky bear hat i love smoky bear man <laughs> yeah no i i worked as a ranger i did not wear the 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 hat because you that's, that's those are park rangers and park rangers drive around and basically are like a sheriff of yeah, a, they have a badge yeah, I carried around not a gun, <clears throat> not a gun, but a uh, an axe and a saw, and I would go cut trees that had fallen across a trail and tell yeah. people who camped too close to the water to you know move their camp and you know just stuff like that. But I was out in the backcountry, you know, often for three, four days at a time, sometimes not even seeing a single person all the time. I was out really remote areas, and a backcountry ranger is very different from your quintessential park ranger. Yeah. Okay. All right, so I'm uh, going to ask you some quick questions here. Who's your favorite author? My favorite author? I mean, I got to go Hemingway. I don't know. Uh, it's, I really like that. I'm, and, and, and I know that you're probably looking for you know, some kind of entrepreneurship type of person. I'm really adamant that people not spend a bunch of time reading about entrepreneurship, that they're more focused on you know, finding what they get excited about, what they're passionate about, focusing on that. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to do a lot better with 100 covers if I focus on book covers mm -hmm. more than focusing on business. Yeah. And uh, I, I suggest everybody do the same. But yeah, you got to go Hemingway on that. He's, he's still the king. Okay, so what's your favorite book? Um, well, I, it's, I would say Hemingway. But... Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't say that he's my favorite author, but he didn't write my favorite book. My favorite book of all time is Catcher in the Rye. Uh-huh. But it's kind of funny as I've become, you know, an adult, or, you know, at least I look like an adult. <laughs> even if I don't act like <laughs> Yeah. I've, I've read almost exclusively nonfiction. So hmm. uh, is, is, I have fond memories of my, you know, the earlier years, but these days – you know, I, I'm more likely to read, uh, you know, a book by Peter Joseph. I think Peter Joseph is my favorite uh, pop icon, you know, hmm. thought leader, whatever you want to call him. I don't know what if you're familiar be? with him, but I, he made all the Zeitgeist movies and all I've that. never heard of him. What's a good one to start with? Well, he, he made the, uh, his book, his new book is called The New, Humans, the new Human Rights Movement. And... Uh -huh. uh, I love, I love Peter. A lot of my vibes were, you know, choose your own price and trying mm -hmm. to give stuff away for free and as much as I can. You know, I think that's rooted in, in Peter's philosophy. And uh, mm -hmm. I think smart guy, I think he's going to usher in the, the you know, uh, the, the, the new brighter age of humanity. I really think he's, he's got the right answers. And I, I really love Peter a lot. So Awesome. Peter Jones. Joseph. Peter Joseph. Cool. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes for sure. So did I miss anything? What's, what's the question you wish people would ask you? Um, I wish people would ask me, you know, 
how did you get such sweet abs? <laughs> I knew you were doing that. But they're 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 hidden underneath many layers these days. I've unfortunately started looking like a middle aged man as I've become a middle aged man. So uh, you want to know something I miss, funny? I miss those days. Yeah, you you want to know you know what the second most uh, uh, frequent uh, operation is in the UK? What's that? Reduction of man boobs. <laughs> It's a real statistic, man. It's a real moobs, moob reduction. Yeah. The number two uh, uh, plastic surgery in the UK. So, well, I think there's, I think there's uh, going to be more moob surgeries coming up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem like, you know, global fitness is really <laughs> improving. You know, that's another one. More people die of overweight now than of starvation or hunger, you know. Yeah. Yay. Yay. McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, you know what? Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I, I want to reserve you for another time. Uh, I, I could talk to you forever. Um, I took your course, Quinton Six, and I've been a fan ever since. And so this was a great honor for me to, to talk to you in person and ask you all these weirdo questions that I would never been able to ask you, you know? <laughs> We talked about moobs, yeah. which I thought was key. You know, we talk about Smokey the Bear, which is yep. important. Yeah. Uh, you know, we covered a lot of the most important topics facing society. To get some, I'll try to get somebody to animate the video of this podcast then. So. <laughs> uh, thanks, Eric. Well, I appreciate you having me, man. And uh, obviously, I wish you great success. I wish that to anybody who has uh, taken a chance on checking out some of my material and uh, – mm -hmm. You know, everybody who hasn't checked out my material, I hope you fail miserably. But Eric here, yeah. I wish you the best. So. Thank you very much. And where can we reach you online? <clears throat> um, well, if you need a book cover, it's 100covers.com. If you need book advertising, uh, that's bookads.co. Mm -hmm. I think the M was like $10,000. I wasn't going to pay for that. <laughs> um, yeah. and, uh, and then if you need help building an online business or just want to talk about you know, some kind of online venture, go to quitin6.com. That's short for quit your job in six months. And that's quit the letter N and the number six.com. Thanks again, Matt. I'll talk to you next time. All right. Thanks, Eric. Take care, buddy. Yo. Okay, my friends, if you like that podcast, then remember to go to zbooks.co and go get all the materials to start your authoring career. We have a seven-day challenge every week, so there's no excuse to not finish your book. And remember, please go to iTunes and upload this podcast and Google Play. Okay, I look forward to seeing you at the top.